How to Run a Toastmasters Open House. Do you know what kind of a turnover you can expect in a Toastmasters club in one year? I actually did the math. And you know what? Toastmasters International is probably right. Welcome to Toastmasters, where in about an hour a week, we can teach you public speaking and leadership skills. You will change your life as you improve your communication skills and discover the leader inside you. Welcome to Toastmasters 101. I'm your host, Kim Cragy. Toastmasters clubs have a metric to determine how well they're serving their members. The Distinguished Club Program has a list of goals that a club should be aiming for. Most of the goals are education awards earned by members. A few of the goals are administrative, like reporting new officers, getting the officers trained, and paying dues on time in both September and March. But there are two more goals, and they're both about building membership. As I produce this podcast in January 2020, there are two membership goals. The first is to bring in four new members. The second is to bring in four more new members. Okay, math warning here. In other words, a total of eight new members per year. Why eight? Because Toastmasters predicts a 40% loss of members per year. And the ideal number of members in a club is 20, and 40% of that is, carry the six, add the eight. Eight new members. Math is hard, and maybe finding new members is harder. I don't know. They both seem hard to me. The usual procedure to recruit new members is to host an open house. If you go on Google, you will find dozens, maybe even hundreds of images that people have used to market open houses for Toastmasters. It's considered to be the best way to bring guests in. The standard format for an open house includes a good why I joined Toastmasters and why you should too speech, some fun table topics, an insightful but cozy evaluation of the speech, and a closing sales pitch. Then applications are explained and the guests are invited back. I've got no problem with this. I've actually seen that happen. Once. Maybe twice. Things don't always go so smoothly. Sometimes there are no guests. Sometimes speakers don't do a very good presentation. Something goes sideways in a meeting and you're confident you will not see those people ever again. And you wonder what they're going to say about Toastmasters the next day at work. Which doesn't mean you shouldn't do one. Even an event that looks that bad has some virtues. Remember, Toastmasters is a place where you learn skills. It's not the end of the world when it goes wrong. We call that a learning experience. We are demonstrating to our guests that we can handle the weird stuff. When things go bad, when things go wrong, we are actually learning how to cope with those things. And that's an important skill set. We can totally laugh at ourselves and we can do better next time. I think that last one is pretty important. This month, my advanced club had an open house. I thought it might be useful to encourage our district's club presidents to know more about our advanced Toastmasters club. So I suggested a president's open house, 
we would market directly to the club presidents and invite them to a themed meeting about leadership. Sounds good, right? With that in mind, our club president was able to get a list of the clubs from Club Central, and then we managed to get contact information for them. The list was divided between several members who were asked to go to the other club meetings and ask those club presidents personally to attend the open house. Next, we created a Facebook post campaign with regular announcements that were posted on the district Facebook pages that came from our club's page. Some were funny. I used Mount Rushmore several times with quotations from the U.S. presidents about leadership, or maybe not. Some older ads were recycled into the mix about what an advanced club offered. We had a Facebook event post. We thought we had it covered. The vice president of public relations developed a handout about our newly rebranded evaluation process. We don't call it a round robin anymore. It's now the... 360 degrees evaluation. This club has two regularly scheduled presentations at every club meeting this year. The first is called Promote You. It's a series of presentations by our members to focus on building a personal platform for small business owners or people who are just getting started or people who want to get into professional public speaking. We have a variety of experienced members who are sharing their expertise. The other series is called TMX. This is a series of workshops on public speaking skills. Both of these speakers for this event were asked to focus on leadership topics. So we were prepared. How did we do? The club meeting was one of the more successful ones we've had. We had all of the speech slots filled, but we still had empty evaluator slots. We went long. I take part of the blame for that. My presentation on persuasion techniques took a little longer than I expected. We had one guest. He was a club president who had driven at least a half an hour to get to the meeting, and this wasn't even his first visit. But he had something unexpected to say. He said he simply couldn't understand how we handled evaluations. He thought we were attacking the speaker. This time... With the handout our VPPR had created, he understood what we were doing and why. He says he'll come back. But only one guest. That's so disappointing. In the end, what are our takeaways from this? First, you have to sell the open house. Not to the guests, to the current members. Our club has multiple dual members. We might have concentrated on those members to be sure to ask their club presidents to get a commitment to come. I think I needed to make the club officers aware of how important it was for them to be more proactive in reaching out to potential members. Our club president went above and beyond to promote this event, but we needed all of the officers to step up. Getting the club officers on board and excited is the first step to a good open house. Second, relationships are everything. Marketing is next to nothing compared to relationships. This comes directly out of the first point. Our lone guest came not because of all the ads I had posted, but because someone personally came and asked him. Now, this is not to say that we don't advertise our open houses for community clubs 
Many people come because that's what they've seen online, either on the Toastmasters website or a Facebook posting or on Google. But getting a verbal commitment to come to a meeting as a result of a personal contact is far better than any marketing strategy we could create. I have a friend who is a Toastmasters magnet. She loves people, and people are drawn to her like glitter to carpeting. She's always talking about how Toastmasters makes a difference. She told a man she met on her first date about Toastmasters, and then they got married. It's not that she's selling Toastmasters, not at all. She's just living out her communication skills and her leadership style in a way that brings people to ask, what's different about her, and how can I learn to do that? Third, plan all you want, but something will go wrong. A good open house will feature your club at its best. That means a full agenda, a lively meeting, and a good sales pitch about the benefits of joining this club. We didn't have a full agenda. In fact, our guest took on an evaluator role. We knew that this was okay because this gentleman was indeed a Toastmaster of Longstanding and could handle the task. Would I do that again? I hope not. But it did convince me that I want him as a member. He was a fantastic evaluator. We ran long. I think all club members need to take responsibility for the timing of the meeting. That means staying in the time for your allotted speech presentation. And in the case of our... 360-degree evaluations. You should pass if you don't have anything to say or simply repeating what others have already said. We generally try to keep the evaluator to 20 to 30 seconds with a reminder that our purpose isn't to praise, it's to seek to give points of improvement. We forgot to say that at this meeting, so the evaluations went on and on. If you're planning an open house, be flexible. Be creative. Be welcoming and spend some time listening to your guests and what they want. When it's done, take some time to examine what worked in the open house and what didn't. In March, we're having another open house. This one will feature our workshop exercises on presentation skills. We've already had one speaker drop out, but we'll find another. We've got some time, and we'll certainly do as much advertising, but we need to engage our members to take the news to the other clubs. What's your advanced club doing to recruit members? We want to know. Leave a note on the Toastmasters 101 Facebook page with your ideas. In the meantime, spring is coming to the Northern Hemisphere in a few months, and that may be time to have a good open house. Start planning now to get your club officers motivated and invested in the event. Prepare advertising that will support the personal invitation as much as it will present the event information. And get ready for the unexpected. Thanks for listening to Toastmasters 101 Podcast. This, the goal of this podcast is to help Toastmasters be successful in their clubs and in their goals. I hope that we are helping you achieve your goals. How about if you share this podcast with some of your friends in Toastmasters or even people outside of Toastmasters, and maybe you'll recruit a member that way. 
Our music today is from incompetech.filmmusic.io and Toastmasters 101 Podcast is a production of Toastmasters District 10. See you next week on Toastmasters 101.